Running Light Ministry podcast is brought to you by listeners like you. You can support these podcasts by making a gift to the ministries at runninglight.org. Hey, welcome to the podcast this week with Running Light Ministries. My name's Bo. I'm Peter. And today we're going to talk to you guys just about pornography and kind of about the industry and kind of about the trends that are in the industry and what pornography is and um and I know that sounds kind of like a lame question because I think most people go pornography. Well, of course, I know what that is. Yeah. You know, even though it's kind of weird because when you study the civil um, decisions uh, are actually the court decisions that have been um, on pornography. I think one judge famously said, like, you know, I can't tell you a definition of pornography, but I'll I can tell you when I see it. You know, and that's how the that's how the judge actually defined it yeah. you know yeah it was it, it's very elusive and the reason why i think under you know pornography becomes elusive is is because you know i mean when you look at like i don't know if it's brodicelli or some of those old artworks you know what i mean um uh you know there's a lot of nudity in it and very um sexually suggestive kind of situations um i was at a museum um, in Santa Barbara uh, a year and a half ago, and they were showing, like, old Roman uh, sculptures, um, famous ones of, like, emperors and everything. It was awesome, dude. It's like I was so excited to to be there. But I was, I was even taken back by just the women that it has, you know, mm-hmm. that it showed. And, uh, you know, it showed their breast, and, you know, it showed the male parts, and you know, and things like that. And it's all just there, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, and no one's, no one's freaking out about it or, you know, <laughs> there is no kind of, you know, nothing like that. Everybody's just taking pictures actually. And you have kids taking pictures, adults taking pictures, you know, something like that. So, it, you know, you wouldn't really look at that and go, Hey, that's pornography, you know, if it has an artistic value to it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but again, defining, okay, what is artistic and what isn't artistic I mean, you can see how these definitions start. It, it starts really muddling the mudding the waters. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. You know, so then I think that's why the judge probably came up to his decision of like, you know, I can't really tell you a full definition of it, but I certainly will know it if I see it. Mm. You know, and I think that's how most of us are. It's like we can go into some kind of cultural gallery and be like, oh, that's not pornography. No way. Um Maybe in that culture it was, you know, of when that 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 art was actually done. Um, but we certainly know pornography when it hits us. Pretty know. sure the Roman Catholic Church thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean yeah. by that? <laughs> but let me let me read yeah. off some stuff. Um, this is I'm not going to tell you what this is from. I'm just going to read it. It says the adversary has spread his hand over all her pleasant things. For she has seen the nations enter her sanctuary. It's kind of an interesting passage, right? Yeah. Or interesting read. Let me read another thing and and uh, see what see what you think of this one. Um, this one says. It says, um, I passed by you again and looked upon you. Indeed, your time was the time of love. So I spread my wing over you and covered your nakedness. Yes, I swore an oath to you and entered into a covenant with you. And you became mine, says 
the Lord God. Well, that kind of gives it away. Then I washed you in water. Yes, I thoroughly washed off your blood and I anointed you with oil. I clothed you in embroidered clothes. I gave you sandals and a badger skin. I clothed you with fine linen and covered you with silk. I adored you with ornaments, put bracelets on your wrist and chain on your neck. And I put a jewel in your nose, earrings in your ears and a beautiful crown on your head. You were adorned with gold and silver and your clothing was the fine linen silk and embroidered clothes. You ate pastry of fine flour, honey, and oil. You were exceedingly beautiful and and succeeded to royalty. Your fame went out from among the nations for your beauty, for it was perfect through my splendor, which I have bestowed on you, says the Lord. But you trusted in your own beauty, played the harlot because of your fame, and poured out your harlotry on everyone, passing by all who would have it. It says that you also have taken your beautiful jewelry from my gold and my silver that I have given to you and made for yourself male images and played the whore with them. Mm. It's another real graphic description of stuff going on there, you know. Mm. Let me read one more, just a little section of this. I don't want to get into all of it, but it says... um, Then the Babylonians came to her into the bed of love, and they defiled her with immorality, with their immorality. So she was defiled by them and alienated herself from them. She revealed her harlotry and uncovered her nakedness. Then I was alienated myself from her, and I had alienated myself from her sister. Yet she multiplied her harlotry in calling to remembrance the days of her youth, when she had played the harlot in the land of Egypt, for she lusted for her paramours, whose flesh is like the flesh of donkeys, and whose issue is like the issue of horses. You call to remembrance the lewdness of your youth when the Egyptians pressed your bosom because of your youthful breasts. Hmm. So what are those all from? The Bible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Bible. And there's way more. Right. Right. And so it's, sometimes, you know, when I when I think of, you know, pornography, um, if we say, well, it's just sex or it's kind of sexual literature or sexual video or those type of things, then we kind of run into a problem. Hmm. You know, what's the problem? It's stuff's in the Bible, right? Yeah, that's right. We have stuff in the Bible that, that, that is, is very sexual, you know, and speaks of, I mean... The, the first the first reference was Lamentations, which is just a radical passage, right? Mm. I mean, she you Jerusalem is seen as a city that opens up her legs, and 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 all the enemies come in. I mean, yeah. that's that's pretty wow, yeah. you know. And uh, so these are very, I would say, very pornographic in a lot of ways, meaning they they definitely depict. Uh, extreme, you know, sexuality, hardcore sexuality mm. um, in these passages of Scripture. Um, you know, the one, the first one of Ezekiel 16, you even get into the idea of, you know, making Im- making images from, from, from a material mm. and actually making a sexual image from a material and then actually playing the whore with it. Mm. That sounds to me like something. Yeah. You know, um, very radical concept, you know what I mean? And then you have Ezekiel 23, obviously, that talks about extreme lustful behavior, um, very debauched, just, you know, meaning, I guess, all these all these things we see in pornography. 
in modern day pornography, video pornography, you know. Um, and so when we say pornography, sometimes people just automatically go, oh, okay, it's, it's, it's them, you know, uh, it's like the, this, the, the industry, mm. you know, um, you know, the sex industry and, and pornography, you know, industry. Um, but, but we have to be careful because to me, you know, if you, if, if, if we say like, Hey, let's, let's ban all, all of this or, or let's define pornography as just them out there. Hmm. Then, then we might run into a problem one day because someone might actually read our book, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And kind of be like, Whoa, dude, that's really hardcore stuff. Yeah. Like, I don't think I want my kid to read that. I actually have heard a Muslim apologist talk about banning the Bible because of its content, because of the, the content of sex huh. and the content of violence that's in it. And really? obviously his whole point was that the Quran doesn't have anything like that in it. Uh, and well, it's so, just one giant rant. Yeah. <laughs> but of course, if you get into the literature about Muhammad, that's a different story. But yeah, it was, it was pretty interesting when I was listening to it. I was like, hmm, you know, I mean, I guess he's got... Uh, if, if you were to look at it from that perspective of, I mean, what if, you know, the government just said, hey, we're going to ban anything that has something to do that that would make anyone sensual or make anyone violent? It's like, well, you'd have to ban the Bible because it contains sensual and violent things within it. Yeah. And, and so I think it's so important for Christians to understand what we mean when we uh, when we define pornography, and what we mean when we say that um, when we're against like sexual morality, what that means, and I think the the major thing that we keep bringing up in the podcast is that it has everything to do with context and has everything to do with perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And the context that we're we're talking about, obviously, is seeing things from a biblical worldview. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that's that's important because when you know when when you when you, you know, a worldview plays a major part in how you're viewing really pornography and its impact on a society. Um, because if you don't have a worldview that's biblical, then, you know, pornography is, is just a label on something um, that, you know, to help us kind of define what this this uh, media is, this media kind of outlet is, Um but certainly to to say whether it's good or bad it becomes really a relative term um in in a certain worldview in a, in a relativistic worldview meaning if there is no absolute right or absolute wrong then really when we're talking about hey you know pornography i, I wish my husband wasn't addicted to pornography because i think it's bad well well he might think it's good hmm. You know, so really it, it, it's, it's, it doesn't matter at that point, you know. Right. So we look at it, obviously, within the context of, of, of that the Bible is the Word of God. Mm. And so um, that the pornography that's, the, what, what could be deemed as pornography within the context of the Bible mm. um, is, has a surrounding context. Mm. And that surrounding context is one of, of God. And God's dealing with people. Right. And so we see it in a, we don't see it in a pleasurable way or a way to arouse. And that's what I think you're getting at with, with context and perspective Mm. is that we don't see it with a, with a pleasurable, like, wow, like for instance, we're not going to self gratify to the Bible. Mm. 
because we see it within context, within a worldview, mm. um, and outside of the the material that's being expressed, like Song of Solomon, a very, um, very intimate book, you mm. know, between a man and a woman, mm. and intimacy, um, we see God mm. in the surrounding context. So mm. it's like we see things in a through the lens of God. So yeah. it could be God's judgment of sex, um, like in Ezekiel, in Lamentations. Mm-hmm. You know, the surrounding context is obviously God judging the people. Yeah. So it, so when you get to these sections that are allegorical, you know, and God uses sex and, and whoredom and all this stuff like this and very pornographic literature kind of stuff, I mean... I see it that that's the context, you know. Is that mm. is that what you're thinking? Yeah, it is what I'm thinking, and and I think the danger that comes into the uh, the Christian worldview when when we talk about pornography is, first off, I see Christians setting up straw men, where you know you'll you'll have people like going up and talking about we should ban pornography, we should ban pornography, and whenever people ask them why, they'll talk about well, pornography depicts violence against women. It depicts homosexual acts. It depicts um, uh, pedophilia. It depicts, you know, and, and they keep going. And if you watch pornography, you have a false idea of sexuality. You have a false idea of how to treat people. And the problem with that is I've heard responses to that ironically given by feminists and by atheists and evolutionists. And what they say is, well, yeah, we're against that type of pornography, too. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to start creating pornography that's more monogamous and more respectful towards women. Like a secular and humanist pornography. Yeah, yeah. And, and I actually I watched an entire TED Talk of a woman who talked about feminist pornography and how it empowers women. Yeah. And how they're trying to depict women more as like business women and they're the ones who are uh, maybe uh, seducing the man and getting the man to be with them. Very and much so. Yeah, and that's so been, that's been going on for years. Yeah, it's, it's been going on for a long time. So it's like if you're gonna set up like a straw man of of porn depicts you know violence and degradation and those kind of things. Well, the question then, I mean, uh, the, the obvious response that the atheist would give is, well, what pornography are you talking about? Yeah. You know, because if you're talking about the degradation type pornography, they would say, yeah, we're against it too. And then really, if the Christian gets, if the quote unquote Christian gets what he wants then all that's going to happen is, yeah, you're going to get rid of all the degradation-type pornography, which would be great, but pornography is still going to be thriving. You know, yeah. Porn industry is still going to be thriving yeah, because they're so. just going to have monogamous-type sex. Right. Everybody's got a standard. Even an atheist, a secular humanist has a standard you know, to which they're, they're basing everything off of. Yeah. You know, it might not be what we'd call a universal standard, i.e. I. God, yeah. you know, but it is a social standard. You know that that somewhat the maybe the elites or someone <laughs> comes up with. Yeah. You know, and the rest of the the society has to kind of work through. Mm. You know, kind of accept. Mm. You know, which has been done in history over and over. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Where elite people have a certain uh, kind of law on the, on the the small people. Yeah. You know that type of attitude, but but no matter what, that's that's certainly how it's functioning. Yeah. You know. Um, and I even heard, I'm, I'm sure you heard about this too, they're making um, sexual education pornography. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is this is like kind of, I don't know how recent it is, but it, it seemed like it's been going on for a couple of years 
where these porn industries are re- releasing uh, porn videos designed for adolescent kids to teach them how to have proper, safe sex. Yeah. And they say, their reasoning is they say, well, you know, when you go into sex ed at school and they, you know, give you a banana or a cucumber and they show you how to put a condom on, they say that's not extensive enough. Kids don't know what that means. And so STDs and stuff are still happening. And so the problem with that uh, sex education is that it's not graphic enough. Yeah. You know, you need to actually see what it looks like. You know, and so they're releasing these, these, and they're under the guise of educational pornography. And so, once again, uh, I think that what Christians have done is they've, they've kind of murkied the issue and they've gone against what, what really matters. Because, I mean, here's the point if someone's not saved, why is that wrong? You know, if there's no God and all we really want to do is be good people who, you know, have husband and wife and, and good sex and, and good families. It's like, well, why is it wrong to watch porn? You know, yeah. if I'm just watching monogamous porn and I'm watching sexual education type pornography yeah. and I'm staying with one woman and I'm taking care of my kids, like, why is it a wrong thing for me to do that? Yeah, no, it's a good point. And there probably isn't you know, <laughs> any anything wrong with it. And I think that's, you know, I think that's why a lot of times, you know, of course, pornography thrives today. And I think you would see that, too, is, you know, you know, when you have, you know, you have, um, you know, science influences culture for sure. And when you have a scientific community that is that um, under under undermines, you know, a biblical worldview in its foundation, you know, God being. Um, all powerful, able to create, um, you know, and, and if you can take that out, then certainly, you know, it's it kind of now there, you know, the Bible basically gets taken out. And, mm-hmm. and so it's that science has permeated the culture with that kind of thinking, that kind of naturalistic, you know, um, worldview, uh, you know, um, and um, it certainly has had its its its, its um, pornography has definitely thrived within that culture, mm. you know. Um, but when we talk about pornography, you know, today, um, I know a lot of times what we're what everybody knows when we see it is you know is sexual you know acts that take place, kind of whether it's in a book or it's in audio, or it's on a screen or video, something like that. Usually that's how we're defining pornography. That's primary purpose is to cause arousal Hmm. within us, you know. So when we see sexual acts, usually in a movie, we're not seeing that as pornography. Like, you know, that's kind of, you know, that's the movie's primary purpose isn't to cause cause sexual arousal. Hmm. They might show a sex scene. Right. Um, We don't usually call that pornography. Yeah. You know, but we certainly cause, you know, if a movie simply has a ton of sex in it and it's full-blown <laughs> sex, then usually we look at that and go, yeah, it's pornography. It's probably primary purpose <laughs> is to cause arousal, yeah. you know. But but that's kind of a blurred line, too, right? Because, mm. I mean, let's face it. I mean, before there was the modern-day porn era, you know, you, there you, you, people can get off on anything. Yeah. You know, so... Um, and even for me, when I was a... You know, teenager, the internet was just coming out, and uh, I didn't really know how to view porn on the internet. And so, when I was uh, when I was 12, 13 years old, when I first got introduced to what I call um, pornography, it was actually just rated R movies. You know, movies that included 
nudity scenes or sex scenes and things like that. That is where I got my arousal from. Yeah. It wasn't until later in my life that I finally got introduced to actual internet pornography. And uh, I think that brings up another problem for the Christian as well. If we say as Christians that the problem is porn, well, what if you have a Christian who doesn't view what we identify as porn, but he still self-gratifies and he still lusts inside of his heart? Is he is he is he better? Is that really pleasing in the eyes of God? Is he really serving and honoring and glorifying God and his members? Mm. You know, uh, certainly not. So what really is the problem, I think, is is the problem for Christians that we're once again, we're setting up straw men. We're setting up things that just don't matter. Mm. And we're blurring the lines between what the real issue is. And the real issue for the Christian is the heart. Mm-hmm. the attitude of the heart towards sexuality as a whole. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, cuz you know, again, like, you know, if you demonize say pornography and you just say it's bad, uh, a lot of times what people hear is that sex is bad. Mm. Because in our culture, people view when people think of pornography, they think of sex. Mm. And um so it's it so automatically you have students and people go, oh, my God, sex is bad. Even when you say sex is good and sex is from God, and <laughs> even when you say that type of thing, um, right when you say pornography bad, you know, mm. and, and it's bad, it's awful, you know, that kind of thing, it's like automatically there's that first inclination in, a, in this culture, I think, um, and talking to people over the years, it just seems that this is true. You know, where there's this idea of like, oh, man, something's wrong with sex, Mm. you know, and 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 so then it creates obviously, you know, that quandary of like, you know, you know, maybe God's against sex. Mm. And 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 then then you have then you have the the issues of the Bible where the Bible is very sexual, Mm. you know, um, meaning God's intimacy, intimacy with his people is always referred to as a a husband and and bride relationship Mm. and um, on many levels. We we don't have to get into that right now, but, Mm. but you have that kind of relationship that people can, some people I I have known in the church, look at that and they've, they, I know I've talked to us too, me and you together where it's, it's, it's difficult, you know, where they go, (laughs) man, why does God talk so intimately like that? You know what I mean? (laughs) Makes them very uncomfortable. Yeah. It makes them uncomfortable because sex is kind of icky. It's gross. Yeah. It's kind of gross. Something that God like puts up with almost, (laughs) but he didn't, he didn't really want it. You know, (laughs) it's like like he would have rather not had sex, you know, he's like, but I think I'll do it just because you need a baby. (laughs) Yeah. You need, you need procreation. And, and honestly, I mean, as jokingly as we put it, I mean, if I go through church history, isn't that the way the church has viewed it? Yeah. You you go through, even before the Protestant reformation, you have the Roman Catholic church saying that sexuality should only be for procreation. And in fact, their priests and their reverends, weren't even allowed to have sex. You know, even if they had a wife, they slept in separate rooms, they didn't have intimacy, and they were looked at as holy for doing that. Yeah. And uh, the Protestants definitely carried that over into their belief system as well mm-hmm. in the way that they acted. And so that that has definitely been a staple of the church from a very long time back, yeah. even back to the Apostle Paul, right? Yeah. That's why he had to re- re- uh, write 1 Corinthians 7. Not even to mention the killing of those who practiced illicit sex. Mm. you know, that the church has done. I'm not talking about like those under the old covenant, you know, but I'm talking about just, you know, New Testament believers, you know, in the affliction the church has done on people, hanging people, burning people, different Mm. things like that because of, 
some form of adultery or a sexual uh, act, whether it's homosexuality or just monogamous sex, mm. you know, type of thing. But certainly that would paint a picture in anybody's mind of like, dude, sex is gnarly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You know? But what it does is it certainly makes people, when they, when, when someone gets, say, caught in the church, you know, looking at pornography, it becomes like, well, like I think there's that reaction to a lot of people of like, oh my gosh, you know, mm. he's viewing pornography, like, you know, or, or oh my gosh, he viewed pornography, like that's, that's incredibly horrible. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's like, oh my gosh, that's so bad. You yeah. know what I mean? And, um, and sometimes I'll, I'll think like, well, hey, what if there was the movie of the Bible, <laughs> you know, and it, and it, and it really showed everything that's being spoken of in the Bible. I mean, there was a movie of the entire Bible mm. that would not be R rated. Mm. That would be X rated. Mm. Um, it would be, you couldn't show a lot of areas, you know, because it's very descriptive. I mean, Lot having sex with his daughters, mm. You know, that would be a little radical, you know, for sure. You know, where I'm sure if there's any movie on Lot, they probably show the daughters having them drink some wine. And then maybe there's a tent nearby. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And, they, and, and, then it, and, then it, and then it shows the, you know, maybe him waking up, you know, yeah. going, wow, like, what happened? You know, kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, if if the if, if there was a movie to really show that it would be very intimate like that you know and and obviously we would be hopefully we would all be able to see it within the context of of God mm. and we would be okay yeah you'd hope so yeah you know? and and for me honestly I could speak from my own personal experience growing up in the church uh, I know that your experience is a little different than mine Bo, yeah. but uh, my experience I definitely viewed sex that way I viewed it as dirty I viewed it as like well when you get married like you know you kind of just God puts up with it you know and it's kind of necessary to have kids but I, I never saw it as pure or as something that God loves or adores or anything like that I definitely saw it as dirty and I mean think about your your the young kids growing up today you're telling them that porn is bad and for a lot of kids, most kids from that in in this generation, their only understanding of sex comes from pornography. Yeah. The only time that they've because I mean, if the parents don't talk to them about it, mm-hmm. they don't read it in the Bible. It's like where else are they going to go? You know. So they're looking at pornography. So if you say porn is bad, you are denouncing their only version of sex that they have. And then when they're dating, you say, no sex, no sex, no sex, no sex, no sex. Then they get married. You expect them to just flip a switch and be like, sex is beautiful. Sex is amazing. Then they go to college. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) they go to college and it it all goes down the toilet, right? Right. (laughs) You know, so either you're going to have the the overly rule follower type Christian who's going to resist sex till the day they get married and then they get married and then they're going to always feel guilty after sex. Yeah. You know, I mean, I know that you've experienced it and I've experienced it in my time in ministry as well, mm-hmm. where, you know, you have uh, couples, you know, I, I talk to the men in the group and they'll say, I don't think we've ever had intimacy and thought of it as good. And these are people who have been married for 15 years, yeah. you know, 10, 15 years. And them and their wife, they've always seen sex as kind of dirty, kind of icky. They've never seen it as God looking down and being like right on. They, uh, the wife just basically thinks, well, this is kind of like my wifely duty. I kind of have to do it. I just roll over on my back and this is how I serve God. Yeah. And the man's just kind of like, 
hey, I, I don't want to go to to porn. This is my only outlet, so I need right. to kind of get it out of my system. But they <laughs> right. they almost look at like their sexual appetite as a bad thing. Like, right. man, I don't I don't know why I want sex. Like that's yeah. so naughty. That's so bad. You know, I need to afflict myself and get rid of it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's almost, almost like eating peas. You know what I mean? It's like you got to do it, man. They're they're the greens. You know what I mean? You're supposed to eat these things. You know what I mean? So I know it's good for me. I know I'm supposed to do it. I mean, I don't believe it in the slightest, but I'm going to do it anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do know what you mean. Yeah, so there's that that kind of reluctancy, you know, and everything like that. No, it's so true. And, um, you know, and I think it's important, too, to, you know, that, I mean, you touch on a good, good subject because, you know, uh, you know, we certainly aren't saying, "Hey, okay, so so just go to porn." That's not what we're saying, you know. But what we're but what we're saying is that there needs to be a, a kind of an education that you do mm. today more than ever. Um, and I think that's what Running Light, a big part of our ministry, is. Is I mean, I know it's kind of unique because um, you know I've done a lot of research on this over the years, and probably more than um, I probably should for my own sake. Yeah. But um, um, but certainly, um, you know, it, it certainly is something where it's made me realize all that research certainly has made me realize how how much there is to learn even about that subject of pornography and how to be able to teach and and help people understand certain things like like the things we're talking about with a husband. I mean, it's really I mean, it's really on the husband to really equip and to, to teach her his wife that sex is okay. And and that that might be working through a lot of barriers, you know, a lot of a lot of things in her life that that say otherwise, you know. Maybe something happened when she was young, you know, maybe uh someone scolded her, maybe she was um she ha- did a sex- sexual act when she was younger and she got reprimanded badly by her parents. You know, something ha- you know what I mean, where that could really affect your wife, you know what I mean, where a man has to has to talk about hey you know sex is okay and and it's good and it's something of god and it and you know in her whole culture her upbringing thinking well you know you know god well i've always wanted sex but is that a bad thing to want Mm -hmm. you know to want to be intimate to want to have sexual pleasure Mm -hmm. is that bad so there's you know it's really dealing with a lot of a lot of things you know and when you bring up the issue of pornography it's such a hot button topic mm. that it kind of brings up a lot of emotions, mm. you know, and you really can see where people's hearts are at, you know, if they're if they have a balanced approach and they're seeing things maybe uh, very rationally. And then others see maybe when you bring up pornography, they just see it all clumped together. Right. It's just everything's just, you know, it's all bad. It's all bad. You know what I mean? And and then they might really, those people might really struggle. Those Christians might really struggle with even the Bible yeah. and those biblical texts that deal so much with sex, you know, the nature, yeah. you know, sexual nature stuff. Yeah, I mean, just ask yourself the question, how many pastors teach through the Song of Solomon? Right. You know? Like, I mean, why is that? weird <laughs> you know if it was if it was so if it's in the bible you know why would it cause any amount of uncomfortability yeah and that shows that most people would just be as comfortable just tearing it out of their bible you know yeah yeah not no even doubt. having it but you know the the fact is is that today pornography is free hmm. and and see that's why we that's why we're talking about this is that that you know you can't put your head in the sand anymore 
mm. and in the culture and just say, oh, no, it's no, 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 avoid, 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 avoid. Mm. No, you're six-year-olds, you're 11-year-olds, you're 15-year-olds, you're 19-year-olds, you're 25-year-olds, you know, are all influenced by this, mm. you know. And, and, and thing is, is the pornography that they're watching today is, is potentially much different than what it was when I was 13 years old. Mm. Um, because of the nature of free pornography today. And I, the only way I can relate this is that people know of YouTube Mm. and that's called a tube site. It's, it's YouTube you can put up a video and other people can watch it it's a it's a video sharing system and and that is what um pornography has done for years now is that they've done video sharing um tube sites and these are all free and and there's many of them um many of them are run by the way not by people who are from the United States. They actually are by companies that are overseas. Mm. But um, but there are some that are from here in the United States, no doubt. Um, but so that's why it's such a relevant topic is because because your kids and and are are seeing this stuff, mm. you know, and they're seeing hardcore pornography. They're not watching. You know the the um, you know the Cinemax you know edits of porno of of hardcore pornography mm. you know where they're showing people having sex but they're not showing bodily parts mm. you know um, maybe maybe just breast and things of that nature you know the top parts let's say you know but they're showing hardcore stuff on the tube sites so mm. you know when you have kids that their first exposure to pornography is, you know, homosexuality, hardcore homosexuality, hardcore male-male homosexuality, mm. or hardcore group sex, mm. or hardcore, you know, what I'm finding nowadays is, and I'm, I'm actually doing a blog on it, is, is, that, is that because of the influence, uh, um, I believe, of, of um, same-sex marriage, you have in... In standard erotica, now an introduction into um, male, male, female intimacy, which is normal in pornography. There's a genre of that. But this is male, male being intimate together mm. with a female present. Mm. And, and that's kind of new. That's kind of new to be in standard erotica, sta- mm. standard pornography. Meaning something that's a more of a mainline feature, you know, uh, meaning, and, and what that means is that, that, you know, when people's first introduction, like mine to pornography, it was usually just monogamous. It was usually just a male and a female and, and it was, it was kind of hard to walk, you know, it was kind of fuzzy, you know, the, it, the technology wasn't that great. It was, you know, things like that where today it's, it's very clear. It's very graphic. Uh, it's very in your face and um, um, and it has mult- a multiplicity of um, partners uh, and components to it you know so your you know a little Jane could get on on her phone and just be flipping around and misspell a word or something like that and go somewhere 
um, or you know Johnny, he's 12 years old, might be doing homework and and get on something too, and and all of a sudden they're watching something that's very very hardcore, mm. and so you have to be able to educate. You have to be able to educate your kids. I think today sexually more than ever. Yeah, and I think you, you, know? you touched on something really important too, and that's the the danger of grouping all pornography under one category. If I group pornography under one category as a parent, and my kid comes up to me and says, "Hey, Dad, I you know I accidentally watch porn," and if I've been listening to all the Christian people denouncing porn my mind's instantly going to go to oh my gosh he's watching child porn or he's watching (laughs) you know hardcore bestiality or something like that or he's watching women getting beaten he's watching you know if i group it all together then it will just shock me and i'll never be able to ask the questions of well what did you see you know why did you go that way you know what what were you viewing how did it make you you know being able to like talk through it with them yeah you know because what if he did see something that was really graphic and he has no idea what context to put it in and in in the world if he goes to a guidance counselor let's say he gets exposed to hardcore you know homosexual porn and he goes to a guidance counselor in 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 his school and says hey i saw this on the computer and the guidance counselor says how does it make you feel and he says well you know i got aroused the guidance counselor might be like, hey, you might be gay. You know, you might, you right. know, maybe this is just the way you are. Maybe that's how you express your sexuality. And I see that happening so much today. I mean, I think that's what's happening so much today. Yeah. 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 And that's, I mean, what a, I mean, of course that they would think that, you yeah. know, because they don't understand. But for you as a parent, if your kid comes up to you and says, hey, I, I don't know what I saw. I saw two men having intimacy and it aroused me and I, I don't really know why. Then you're able to calmly talk to your kid about that and to say like, hey, this is, this is why, you know, what they've done is they've taken sexuality, which is a natural thing that God created to be good, and they've polluted it in this way. And you have a sex drive as a human being, and that's why you got aroused. Your body responded. Yeah. It doesn't really, don't read into it. You know, it doesn't, yeah. that is not who you are. Yeah. You know, this is how God created you to be. And you can go through the Bible and, and put it in context for them so it doesn't, it doesn't mess them up. And their view of sexuality doesn't mess them up in their view of themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's important. I think, too, like pointing out to to students, you know, as they get older, too, you know, that, hey, um, looking in the Bible, looking at people who have failed, you know, in sexuality, you know, uh, saying, you know, the Bible is real. It's about real people who really walk, real human beings that have a real sexual drive. And that's natural to have a sexual drive. And some of them mess up, too. You know, I mean, we see a lot of those people that definitely biff it, you know. And so, Johnny, you know, it's like, you know, you're not alone. Mm. You know, you're not alone. And if that that excitement, uh, you find that exciting in itself, you're not alone. Mm. You know, and that and it's and it's it's helping them understand that as a Christian, we're always going to be battling things in life. Um and it's it, it, that this is just one of them. This is just one area that we battle, mm-hmm. you know, and that is that and that is a uh, just we an unbridled lust. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to fight an unbridled lust and we have to teach our kids what lust is and how to recognize it and what it looks like and the selfishness of lust and things like that. So it's like, you know, I mean, understanding pornography today uh, seems kind of important to me, mm. you know, to be able to instruct our, our in our marriages, to be able to instruct in our, um, uh, you know, our kids to help them. 
mm. um, you know, navigate through things because things are, are seen by everybody. Most people that are getting married certainly have already seen a lot of porn. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and that's that's a high percentage of probably marriages today. Yeah. Where people have already seen. Probably really high. Probably both partners. Yeah. Have seen it at some point. And, and I just want to touch on one thing real quick before yeah. we wrap up. I know, I know we've probably gone a little over, but, yeah. um, <laughs> uh, one last thing I want to bring up is, is once again for the wives as well. If you, if you group pornography together in one category and, and let's say you're, you know, your husband comes up to you and says, Hey honey, you know, I, I viewed pornography in the past or, Hey, I, I just did. I fell to pornography. If your mind immediately goes to busty blondes and this is what they look like, of course you're going to condemn yourself and feel like, man, is he not even into the way I look? Yeah. Like you, you have no idea what he's looked at, you know? And, yeah. and once again, we've talked about this before. Most people who view pornography, it usually doesn't have much to do with sex in the first place. And secondly, for most husbands, it has really nothing to do with. Once again, they they may not be watching busty blondes from Hollywood. That's you right. know, they're they're watching the, the just homemade pornography That's of right. women who may look like you. you That's know? right. And today, and, and we have to, you know, just some some facts is that most porn, fifty percent of porn today, I've always read, is amateur porn, and mm. that means it's not professional made porn. It's it's amateur pornography. Pornography today has no um, no exact body type or things like that. You can find any kind of niche you want hmm. in that industry. So if you like whatever, seven foot, you know, <laughs> I mean, you just can find anything you want. Um, another myth, a, a pornography myth, is that people view porn because they want to have sex with those people. Hmm. That's a myth. Now, let me let me clarify, though. Some people do. Yeah. And everybody's situation is different. Some people do want to have sex with another person. Mm. And, and pornography becomes like a, a prelude to the main event, which is maybe them becoming what's called a John and going to, to get a prostitute, you know, mm. type of thing. Cause that's what they really want. They really want the experience, but pornography becomes like a, a prep of that, mm. you know. And there are men that we've worked with that are like that, that they really want to have sex with other people, mm. you know. That's the vast minority, though, Yeah, I would say. Yeah, mo- uh, a lot of guys, I think, have have sex sometimes because they have a high sex drive just naturally. Yeah. You know, they have high testosterone. There's a biological aspect to this, mm. you know, where they just want to have more sex. And for some reason, they can't. You know, and and let's face it, in today's modern culture, it's hard to have a lot of sex because we're all busy. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. you can have a high sex drive and it become frustrating, mm. you know. And so pornography becomes an outlet to some people where it just becomes a simple outlet, you know. For some people, pornography, for a lot of women, pornography becomes a safe outlet. And that sounds radical, but you got to understand more and more women view pornography today than ever. Mm-hmm. And it's become a safe place for them to experience pleasure on their own terms. Um, you know, kind of, uh, kind of in line with that feminist view, mm-hmm. you know, on their own terms, um, without having to deal with men, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, the risk of that, you know, so, um, and then some people view pornography simply because it's a way to unwind. Mm. It's it's a relaxing thing. It's no different from having wine, having a beer, things like that. 
just the sexual stimulation alone, whether it's through visual stimulation or reading an erotic material or seeing an erotic picture of any sort, helps kind of that excitement, that, that, that chemical reaction that's happening actually relaxes them, which is true. There is an endor- endorphins that get released, and there is a relaxation that takes place. Mm. So that, that also happens. And then there's also men that view pornography because they actually, um, it reminds them of wonderful times they've had with their person that they love. Mm. And, and so that's why they do it. They want to experience that. They, they love that. They enjoy that. So, um, you know, it's not that you watch pornography and go, oh my gosh, I want to be with that person. That's not what's in, I think, a lot of people's minds, mm. you know? So that's another, I think, myth buster, yeah. <laughs> you know, that, yeah. that you don't really get. And when you read the material, you mm. know, you just read kind of porn's bad. It's awful. It's going to mess up everything, you know? stay away hmm. kind of thing and um and we don't realize you know why we do it you know um that type of thing so um there's probably more to talk about but we'll do that another day for sure but it was a great introduction into this topic of just kind of talking about pornography in general hmm. you know um so thanks for joining us on this uh week's broadcast from running light we'll see you guys next week Check out runninglight.org to begin our two video series, Take Flight and Love or Lust. You can also send us questions on Twitter at Running Light or on our runninglight.org podcast page. Like us on Facebook at Running Light Ministries, Psalm 36.8. They are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house, and you give them drink from the river of your pleasures.